most parables are more complicated than they first appear. Often there are little nuggets of surprise hidden within the seemingly obvious lessons of each story. Some parables turn things completely upside down. What we thought was bad turns out to be good. What was impossible becomes possible. What was clouded becomes obvious and vice versa. A prodigal is forgiven. A Samaritan is good. A clever and sneaky employee is praised while a careful and cautious one is condemned. A hundred sheep are left behind to look for the one that is lost. Jesus uses these little stories with common images to teach unexpected truths. And then there's this one. The weeds among the wheat. The story goes like this. Good seed is sown in the field in the dark of night. An enemy comes and sows bad seed in the same field. Everything grows and it becomes apparent there are weeds among the wheat. The servants ask the landowner whether they should pull the weeds from among the wheat. The landowner tells them to wait. Pulling the weeds might damage the wheat, he tells them. At harvest time, it will all get sorted out, and it does. Okay, what's the hidden message? What's the little twist we weren't expecting? Well, apparently this particular parable doesn't work that way. This is Matthew's gospel, after all, and in Matthew's gospel, more often than any of the other three gospels, the narrative often has a no-nuance kind of Jesus, sorting out the wicked from the righteous, the good from the bad, the wise from the foolish, the sheep from the goats, and so forth. And here it's weeds and wheat. And not only that, but in Matthew's gospel, Jesus talks more about judgment and smoke and fire than in any of the other gospels. And to make that pattern of good and bad, of condemned and redeemed clear, Matthew has Jesus not only telling the parable, but also explaining it. And it's just about what you would expect from Matthew's Jesus. Something quite literal and quite simple. The sower is Jesus, the field is the world, the good seed are his followers, the weeds are the ones who follow the evil one, the enemy is the devil, the harvest is the end of the age, the harvesters are the angels, and the sorting at the end, well, when it comes time to harvest the field and sort the wheat from the weeds, The weeds go into the furnace, and the wheat is gathered up in gratitude and celebration. It's a very binary approach to understanding the nature of life, the ways of the world, the outcomes of evil and righteousness. There's this and that, good and bad, weeds and wheat, eternal torment and eternal reward doesn't leave much to the imagination, nor does it leave much space for subtlety or surprise 
or even grace. And maybe it just is what it is. Good seed and bad, with Jesus sowing the good seed and the devil sowing the bad seed, highlighting actions now and consequences later, expecting fire for some and salvation for others. Maybe it just has to be what it appears to be, a parable that offers a warning. You have time to grow into whatever you're going to grow into, weeds or wheat, but you are all on the clock. When time runs out, what you are and what kind of fruit you have produced will become evident, and either you will have fulfilled a good purpose or not. Then the consequences will come to pass. So be warned. Let anyone with ears listen. I'm not inclined to argue with the warnings or with the outcome at the end of the age, the harvest time. I'm not going to push away a theology of consequence. I'm not big on condemnation, but I do believe in consequences. But there is a question I would like to raise with Matthew, with Jesus, and with the parable itself. And the question is this, what about now? In the parable, the householder is probably right. You can't rip out the weeds without ripping out the wheat, but what do we do now? Do we just wait for the end, for the outcomes? Do we dare go along in this life without a care in the world or a care for the world and expect that everything will turn out just as it should? I think it's interesting that the interpretation that Matthew has Jesus voicing to the disciples is solely focused on clarifying what happens to those who are good and what happens to those who are evil at the end of the age. What is missing for me is any clarification about just who is who and what is what now. What's the difference in this moment between the weeds and the wheat? How do you know which is which? And is it possible for anything to change along the way from the time of sowing to the time of harvest? Is the good good and the bad bad from the beginning to the end and forevermore? Is there any bad wheat? Are there any good weeds? What happens now? Because the weeds and the wheat are mixed together, they are intertwined at least for now, and it may not even be completely clear which is the good seed and which is the bad, at least for now. So what happens, what should happen between now and the end of time? Truth be told, I kind of find myself identifying with the servants who want to sort it all out right now. I want to do the weeding now, especially when I see that the weeds have gotten out of hand, not only figuratively speaking, but also quite literally, as they have around the side and back of my house these days. Those actual weeds, not just interwoven with, but taking over the plants at the back of my house, remind me that I want to be clear right now about who and what is good and who and what is not.
and then do something about it in the present moment. For I imagine that separation of good and bad sooner rather than later would make me feel better. So I want to sort, separate, discard, and move on. On the other hand, it is probably worth being reminded that within the context of the parable, I am not the field hand doing the weeding, the sorting, the separating. Jesus says the ones who are doing the sorting are the angels, while the children of God are the seed. So if I take my appointed place in the parable, I am not the worker who is weeding. I am simply the seed planted in the field. And on that basis, I am quite vulnerable. Maybe it is not entirely yet clear whether I am the weed or the wheat. Maybe there are times and circumstances where I am one thing and other times when I am the other thing. After all, I am pretty sure that I am not the only one in this regard. There is impure, undesirable stuff within each of us, within all of us. So there's no sense in spending all our effort to point fingers at others and say, those ones over there, they are the pesky weeds in this world. No, no sense in that. To become the wheat we wish to become, we're going to have to face the weeds within our own lives, right? We have to pay attention to the mess, the mix, the inconsistency in our own singular lives, as well as the mess, the mix in our communal lives, as well as the mess and the mix in our systemic lives. Tom Long, professor and preacher, puts it this way, we are ourselves a mixture of good and evil. Sometimes we are faithful and sometimes we are not. One moment we can be God's loyal disciples and the next we can be champions of all that opposes the kingdom. Even Peter, the disciple, Long writes, was capable of moving from being a solid rock to a treacherous Satan within a few breaths. Matthew 16, 18 to 23. Matthew again. Richard Rohr, Catholic priest and teacher, also writing on this topic is a bit more nuanced in his explanation of the weeds and wheat in all of us. He says, the spiritual gift of discernment shows how seemingly good things can be recognized as sometimes bad things, and seemingly bad things can also be seen to bear some good fruit. Darn it. This kind of discernment invites people into yes-and thinking, rather than simplistic either-or thinking. Jesus, he continues, uses a number of mixture images to illustrate the tension of our own mixture of good and evil. They seem to say this world is a mixture of different things, and unless we learn how to see, we don't know how to separate. We get lost in the weeds and can't see the wheat. In one parable, servants ask, should we pull out the weeds? Jesus responds, no, let them grow together until the harvest Then at the end of time, he will decide what is wheat and what is weed. But we are a mixture of weed and wheat, says Rohr, and we always will be. 
As Martin Luther put it, we are simul justice et peccator, at once justified and a sinner, each of us simultaneously saint and sinner. That's the mystery of holding weed and wheat together in our one field of life. It takes a lot more patience, compassion, forgiveness, and love than aiming for some illusory perfection that cannot see its own faults. The only true perfection available to us is the honest acceptance of our imperfection. If this is true, that we are parts of both, a mix of weeds and wheat, at least for now, then score a point for patience, for discernment. The time for judgment is not yet. The time for deciding what stays and what goes is not yet. Score a point for patience. God's patience with us, our patience with each other, and especially our patience with ourselves. The end of our story has not yet been determined. Quite some time ago now, shortly after my parents moved to North Manchester, at the back of my parents' house, below the bird feeders, there were late in the spring various plants starting to poke up through the stone border at the edge of the deck. They looked to me like weeds because they certainly weren't intentionally planted there among the stones. But my father let them them grow because he knew what they were sunflowers planted there by the carelessness of birds. By midsummer, their large yellow heads were pushing into view past the edge of the deck. Were these sunflowers weeds or wheat or something in between? Maybe I'm not instinctively patient, but maybe I can learn a little more caution and compassion. The end times will come soon enough. The work of now is the work of trust and transformation. In the meantime, I need to remember that everything doesn't have to be either or, only good or only bad. There is space in the spirit of Jesus for imagination and possibility, tension and trust and maybe even the surprise of grace. Barbara Brown Taylor in her book, The Seeds of Heaven, gives us such a gift as she tells her own version of a parable of wheat and weeds. It goes like this. One afternoon in the middle of the growing season, a bunch of farmhands decided to surprise their boss and weed his favorite wheat field. No sooner had they begun to work, however, than they began to argue, first about which of the wheat-looking things were weeds, and then about the rest of the weeds. Did the Queen Anne's lace pose a real threat to the wheat, or could it stay for decoration? And the blackberries, they would be ripe in just about a week or two, but they were, after all, weeds, or were they? And the honeysuckle, it seemed a shame to pull up anything that smelled so sweet. 
About the time they had gotten around to debating the purple asters, the boss showed up and ordered them out of his field. Dejected, they did as they were told. Back at the barn, he took their machetes away and poured them some lemonade and made them sit down where they could watch the way the light shifted as it moved across the field. At first, all they could see were the weeds and what a messy field it was, what a discredit to them and their profession. But as the summer wore on, they marveled at the profusion of growth, tall wheat surrounded by tall goldenrod, ragweed, and brown-eyed Susan. The tares and the poison ivy flourished alongside the Cherokee roses and the milkweed, and it was a mess, but it was a glorious mess. And when it all bloomed and ripened and had gone to seed, the reapers came. Carefully, gently, expertly, they gathered the wheat and made the rest into bricks for the oven where the bread was baked. And the fire that the weeds made was excellent, and the flour that the wheat made was excellent. And when the harvest was over, the owner called them all together, the farmhands, the reapers, the neighbors, and broke bread with them, the bread that was the final distillation of that whole messy, gorgeous, mixed-up field. And they all agreed that it was like no bread any of them had ever tasted before, and that it was very, very good. Let those who have ears to hear, hear. So, Thanks be to God, the Creator, who loves the entire messy creation that is us. Who loves it enough to harvest with carefulness at just the right time, pulling from us the things that need to go and keeping for us the things that need to stay. May the fields into which we are being planted, the seeds that are growing in our lives, become abundant unto a harvest of goodness and grace, of righteousness, and of hope. May it be so. Amen. Oh,